Amen. Uh, children can be dismissed for Children's Church. That song that low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, I, I think of it every year, you've probably told you this, but uh, there was a little boy went home from church and he asked his mom, he said, Mom, what was Jesus doing in the gravy? You know, you know where, why was he in the gravy? You know, why would you put somebody in the gravy on the table? Gravy, low in the grave he lay. All right, so anyhow, so... <laughs> Uh, there are just the way people hear different things and uh, the way, uh, especially children, how that they can perceive things. Well, today I'm uh, speaking in the book of Ezekiel. <laughs> Ezekiel, and it is in chapter 36, uh, beginning at verse 24, if I have that correct. Did I give you 24? All right, so there we are. And the title of the message is, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart. Now, after the fall of Jerusalem... Ezekiel is delivering this message of future restoration. So here are the children of Israel going into captivity, and Ezekiel is telling them, don't worry about it, you're going to come back. And it's almost like what we, you know, in a small comparison is how that we felt that, you know, once we start this process of moving, everything is going to fall into place in a short period of time. Well, as we look at our life, I believe that God is that much in charge and knows exactly what's going on in our life. I believe that God has a plan for us and that no matter where we find ourselves, God is able to take us from where we are at to where we need to be. Um, I use that illustration in Sunday school that uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, old garments and so on, I don't know so much, I don't think it's ever said it on my, the one I have in my truck, but the old garments used to say if you, missed, if you missed the turn, it would go recalculating, you know, and you go another recalculating, and the very first garment that I had, there was this woman's voice who came on after about five or six times, and it says there is a better way, you know, <laughs> and a very condescending voice, you know, so I threw that garment away. Uh, <laughs> But recalculating. And the, what, what happens is that the, the garment has a way of figuring the, you know, the, the mapping system out to get you where you need to be. And uh, I, I like the idea of how that sometimes we look at our life and say, you know what, I've blown it, I've made too many mistakes, I'm not where I should be, don't worry about it. Because where you're at is where we need to worry about or be concerned about, not worried. That we need to look at where we're at and, and acknowledge how that God is with us and he is going to take us from where we are to where we need to be. God, you know, you don't, you don't have the ability to stumble uh, God. You don't, you don't have the ability to make him stumble. Uh, God is greater than our our, our, our failures and greater than the enemy of our soul. And the enemy of our soul can only do what God gives him permission to. We, of course, must follow and get tempted away from it on our own. Uh, we're still responsible for our own actions. But again, coming up to even Good Friday and, uh, and Palm, Palm Sunday and Good Friday and then the East and the crucifixion, if the devil knew everything, he would have never had Jesus crucified. Because Jesus being crucified is exactly why he came. But the devil didn't understand that. 
So the devil doesn't understand all the things that's going on in, in, in life and in the world. All the devil desires is to destroy and to trip us up and to keep us from becoming what God wants us to be. And if, and if, if that enemy of our soul can be successful at that, he figures he wins. <laughs> but God, God is so much greater than the enemy of our soul. God is so much greater than evil. God is so much greater than ourselves and our thoughts and our actions. God is so much above. We haven't even begun to imagine or we, it hasn't even begun to come into our thinking. All the things that God has planned for us. So if God is so great and so magnanimous, that's a big word, isn't it? Magnanimous. If God is so great, he can, he can take us to where we need to be. So all we need to recognize is to get on board, to get on with the plan. Sometimes um, our, our, our world or our society says, well, you know, if you're going to be a Christian, you're not going to be able to have all this, to go out and do all this fun stuff, you know, destroy your life and end up in ruin, <laughs> you know, get, get addicted to some type of, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, Get addicted to some uh, addiction that will, that will destroy your life. So, you know, we wouldn't, if we serve God, we won't be able to go out and do that, you know. But the challenge for us is to realize we are not giving up something. We're not giving up the good life to follow Christ. We have found the good life in Christ. And the good life is not about what we're going to give up and not do. The good life is about what God is going to do in us and how we are going to find fulfillment and why, and, and, and what we do, and how that he has created us to fit naturally into this place that we live. And as we find this natural fit, as we find this place that just is exactly carved out for us, we are going to find the purpose of our life. Now, it can be anything. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know, I'm just thinking of, uh, we went to... Uh, a um, antique shop yesterday. <laughs> we had some things in, uh, in, you know, of course they were garbage, uh, <laughs> and old things, and uh, they weren't garbage. You know, they were, uh, we were surprised, not surprised, pleasantly surprised that they gave us over, th- gave us $300 for a truckload of stuff that we almost was throw it out or take it somewhere, throw it out, you know, it's just old. Anyhow, we ended up with $300 of stuff that we allowed them to have. <laughs> and um, the one lady was there, uh, and she said how that this is just what she loves to do. She loves antiques. She loves old things, and she has them. All, I mean, her, her antique shop is not a junkyard. Her antique shop is everything is in place. Everything is labeled. Every, you know, all things are in their own, you know, portions of the store. You know, it's like, and she says, she just loves it. This is like, I was made for this. <laughs> you know, not me. <laughs> I would get confused. <laughs> I would get, you know, wow, what's, what's this? It just looks like old stuff that somebody th- should have thrown away. But in reality, it has value. So to that person, that's exactly what she should be. You know, for a doctor or for a preacher, <laughs> for who we are and what we do, whether it's no matter what it is. There is no greatness in the kingdom of God as greater or lesser. There is only that we are in a place that God has called us to be and that we are the greatest servant there in that place. 
if we learn to serve others where we are at and help other people get where they need to be, we will find success. That's the success that we look for. Well, Ezekiel, Ezekiel delivers this message of hope to the children of Israel. Now, the one thing that as, we, as I look at this, I see how that as Ezekiel is promising the children of Israel that they are going to return home to, to their land after the Babylonian captivity, I see how that God is doing the same thing in the New Testament and, and the things that God has promised to us are the very, uh, very similar to the things that Ezekiel is speaking as promises to the children of Israel. So, a verse, a beginning of verse 24. For here's what I'm going to do. And this is Ezekiel speaking for God. I'm going to take you out of these countries, gather you from all over, and bring you back to your own land. Now, God is going to take us from the places that we have diversed ourselves, that we have spread ourselves in, that we have gone away into our own lusts and entice, and God is calling us back to the person that he, is, that he wants us to be. Now, and, and for the children of Israel, they are coming back from Babylon. But after World War II, the same thing applies to the Jewish people leaving the European countries and coming back to Israel where the, a nation was established. So Ezekiel is not only seeing the, the scattering or the going into captivity of, of the children of Israel into Babylon, he's also foreseeing um, the, the, the children of Israel coming back to Jerusalem, back to Israel again after World War II. So we've, we see how that God's promises, they, they, never, they never stop. They continue to be effective in our lives. The idea that God will never leave us nor forsake us. No matter where we find ourselves, God is there. If I descend to the lowest parts of hell, God's there. If I go take the wings of the morning and go to the uttermost parts of the earth, if I can travel at the speed of light, God is there. So, you know, so no matter where we find ourselves, God is there. And one of the things I think of for us and, and the other scripture that I have here a little later on, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path, is that whenever we find ourselves in a strange place, wherever, whenever we find ourselves in, well, should I be here, we need to be praying and asking God, okay, God, you're here with me. Maybe I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I made a mistake and I have... God, you are with me. So we start acknowledging and praying and thanking God for being here, being where I am. And as we are thanking him and um, acknowledging his presence, acknowledging who he is, we find that God is there and we begin to see the hand of God. We begin to see the hand of God working in our life. Bob, would you come here, please? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any kids up here to pick on, so we're going to pick on Bob. He's the biggest kid here, right, Bob? You and me both, biggest kid. Now, acknowledging. You know, in, in our, you, we, when we're used to being around people, sometimes we run by people two or three times in the same day. So we, we fail to acknowledge. We just kind of bypass them like they're not even here. I already said hello once, you know. <laughs> and, and we think of that. Well, I already prayed this morning. Um, God knows that, but you see, every time I'm going into something, doing something, going into a store, driving down the road, I'm acknowledging God. 
I am recognizing that God is with me. And so we can live our life like we're ignoring somebody, you know, move around them <laughs> as if they're not even there. But God is wanting us in all your ways, acknowledge, pay attention to. He's here. Not only is Bob here, but God is here. And every time I'm in a place, I have to remember God is here. And so I think of God's presence. I think of God's promises. I think and I realize God is with me. So Bob is just going to hang on me the whole way here through all of this. And I'm just going to hold on to him. And what I'm doing is acknowledging and recognizing that he's going to walk with me. And God is the one who's holding on to me. <laughs> you know. So acknowledging God and recognizing his promises. Thank you. That wasn't too painless. <laughs> It was painful for Bob to do that because he loves to be in front of people. <laughs> but you got to thank God for all those little places. He stretches our boundaries. Mm -hmm. So we are acknowledging him. And for Israel, they were to understand that they were going into captivity because they had abandoned God and God was going to get their attention to bring them back. Sometimes... We feel like we've been abandoned, but we're, not, we're never abandoned because it is impossible for God to leave us. He can't be someplace. He cannot be someplace. You know, we cannot be a place where God is not. We can be in places where we are not aware of his presence, but he's still there because God is everywhere present at the same time. We cannot be so powerful to make God go someplace else and abandon us. He can't do that. So if God cannot be someplace else uh, away from us, that you know, he, we are here with him. So wherever we are at, we are acknowledging and we are trying to make ourselves aware that his presence is here. I was speaking with a family and uh, they were saying about how that some of their children you know, they're in their 20s and 30s, and how that they don't believe in God. They said, well, they were brought up in the church, they don't believe in God. What's wrong with them? What's, why don't they believe? Well, if you don't believe that there's a God, then you don't have to fear consequences to your actions. Because if there is no God, I can do what I want. I'm the author and the finisher of my life, and there's no accountability. So therefore, I can do and be whatever I want, and there is no God. He isn't around, so therefore, I make up my own rules. <laughs> but if we believe there's a God, then we know there's accountability. But this God is not, I, I believe that God isn't there to make us accountable. I believe that God is here to help us become. You see, accountability means that he's going to, he's up there writing all the check mark off, check mark, David did something wrong, David did that wrong, he could have done better there, he could have done this wrong, you know. God isn't up there writing down all of our mistakes and all of our failures. God is trying to let, help us to see that it isn't that I'm going to fail, it's that I'm going to succeed. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to be the greatest successful person I could ever be. And that person is arrived at by having Jesus in my heart. 
that person is arrived at by understanding his word and how that that word affects my thinking, how that word affects my doing. Forgiveness is not an option. We have to forgive because if we forgive, we are letting go of the offenses that try to tie us to past experiences. That's why God forgives us so that we are set free from our failures, our boundaries, our addictions, our problems. God forgives us so that those, those events and those things no longer hold, have a hold on us. And we forgive others because we are not going to allow them, somebody else, to affect where I'm going with my life and where God wants to go with my life. So if I'm going to hold other people accountable and I'm going to make them pay, then I am missing out on the, the gift of forgiveness. I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm letting myself off the hook. I'm allowing myself the freedom to go forward. And, and, and here in Ezekiel, he tells them that uh, God's going to bring them back to their own land. I, I, I think of coming back coming back to the person that God intended me to be when he created me. What is it that God had in mind when he created us? You know, he created us for a purpose. He created us to be part of the body of Christ. He created us to be this person who has talents and abilities, giftings, that, and, and what we haven't discovered yet is the, the difficulties that we find ourselves in, God is going to help us to understand that the giftings are already in there inside of us to be able to become that. So I am in a place where God wants to bless my life in such a way that I can be the best at what I'm doing. And I can be happy at it. Right, Ruth? <laughs> That's what she mentioned before church we were talking, <laughs> you know. She's happy at what she does, you know. She gets to rip on people and make food for them, you know. <laughs> she, she loves that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the people like for her to rip on them, you know. It's a tease, but that's good. At least that's what she told me, you know. I don't know, but. <laughs> but Ezekiel says, I, uh, that God will do this. I will pour water over you and scrub you clean. So they're going into captivity so that they can come back to a place in their faith and in a relationship with God so that the idols and the sins that they have been uh, doing in their lives, that God is going to wash them. We are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. We are washed by the water of the Word. So the, the Word, the Scriptures... And our salvation in the blood of the Lamb, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, his blood shed upon the cross, it is a cleansing. It is a cleansing. It, he, he washes us. He cleanses us. He renews a right spirit. <laughs> Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, so that I am not ticked off. <laughs> I am not set up for failure, I am in a place of understanding God's grace and mercy to me. And as, and, and as I think of the word of God, 
in my life as these difficulties, these things that would set us off, <laughs> come at us, we find a different approach to them. Because I am meeting them, not in my old nature, but in my new nature, which is Jesus Christ. And I will, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit in you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll remove the stone heart from your body. Sometimes people get hurt. When you, when you love somebody and they hurt you, we become very protective of our hearts. When people have uh, turned their back on you and you were open to them, you were sensitive to them, you opened your life to them, and they just kind of stabbed you every which way they could, and so what do we do? Our defenses come into play and we protect our heart and we become cold and indifferent and we don't want to hurt that way again. And God is saying, I'm going to take away that heart that has been hardened by hurt and pain. Meaning that God is going to help heal the wounds that we have experienced. The same hands that were nailed to the cross are the same hands that hold our hearts. When we sense loss, when we sense pain, when we sense that we're wounded in our spirit, we need to let God know that. You know, he already knows, but we need to be sensitive enough to ask God to help, help my heart to heal. My heart hurts. <laughs> and whenever I come close to opening my heart up again to be receptive, I, I hurt even more because I remember the pain and I don't want to bring that, I don't want to allow that to happen again. And you see, when we forgive the people who have hurt our hearts, we let that pain go and we are allowing ourselves to be sensitive to helping, loving, caring for someone else. But again, it's not, people have to be, people have to earn trust. Trust is not given, trust is earned. And so as we earn that and we give that, we live our life in such a way that we, are, we ourselves are not hurting somebody else's heart. We are protecting theirs, but we're also allowing this understanding to know that we, one of the things, especially whenever we are helping people, uh, we lead with our hearts. I mean, we lead with that idea of helping and comforting. And some people are abusers and users. And we have to know that. You know, some people are, you know, but think about the heart of God. He came to his own people, and his own people rejected him and killed him. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> you see, in our own lives, there are people who hurt us that don't really know what they're doing. You know, yes, they do. They did this, they did that. But the reality of it all, when heart is heart and people are people and sensitive and sensitive, if we knew we were hurting somebody and our heart was pure before God, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't hurt them. So God is going to remove the stony heart and what is he going to do? He's going to replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. Father, thy will be done. God, let your will be done in us as it is in heaven. 
Let it be done in me. So our heart then is, is in this position of God-willed, that God's will is most important, and so I am desiring to be led by God, meaning that I am not running away from what I believe God's will for me is. <laughs> now, if you want to run away from God, that's okay. Jonah did it. <laughs> and uh, the fish went fishing. <laughs> And he caught himself a big Jonah. <laughs> you see, we can run away from God, but you know what? God doesn't run away from us. That at the right place and the right time, he's going to get our attention. <laughs> so we can run all we want, but you can't hide. <laughs> and, I, and I think of people that, that uh, you know, you pray for people that are off running, running away from God. It's like, God's going to get you. <laughs> He's not going to, you can't outrun God. He's not going to stop loving you because you stop loving him. He's not going to forget about you because you try to forget him because we're praying for them and we're praying that God's spirit would be upon their hearts and minds and cover them and that evil would not be able to influence them and in their spirit they would be aware of God's presence and love and that he loves them and he wants to bring them back to the place where they're going to find that fulfillment and healing for their soul and their hearts and their lives God has a purpose and so we pray that for him <laughs> and God will honor our prayers I'll put my spirit in you huh. I'll put my spirit in you when Christ when we ask Christ to forgive us of our sins his Holy Spirit is abiding in our hearts you know we think sometimes that it's us leading us <laughs> I came to the place where I accepted Jesus. I came to the place where I recognized the Holy Spirit is leading me to Christ. I didn't find this on my own like I was searching in a lost corridor and I found God. No, God has been looking for us all our lives. And God has been wanting to restore us to this relationship. And finally, we recognize that God is there and we've recognized his spirit touching our hearts. And we've said, okay, God, I, I confess. So God's spirit has always been about us, leading us. It is not the will of God that any should perish. Meaning that God is there with every person because it's impossible. The worst of sinners, God is there with them. They have to rebel against him, but God is still there. He's still there trying to reach them, trying to reach their hearts and their lives because God doesn't want them to be lost in their sin. Now, some people deny God and turn away, and they die in that place. And it's a very terrible place to go. <laughs> it's a very terrible place to be. I've been there with people who have cursed God in their dying breath. And they, I'm sure now they regret that. But you know what? I've been there with people and that in their life it is a place of peace, a place of security, a place of knowing that they are safe and they're going home and they're not, they're not giving up on life. They're just going to a new address. <laughs> they moved. <laughs> And everything that is life in them continues. And I put my spirit within you. And I make it possible for you to do what I tell you. I will make it possible for you to do what I tell you. God is saying he will make it possible for us to become what he is leading us to be. 
You don't have to do this on your own. If you think you can do this on your own, this is, God is not for you. <laughs> you can go out and try something else because you can do whatever you want on your own, but you're not going to be as successful as you could be because God is giving us his spirit and his spirit is there to empower, to teach, to, you know, we're not blind in this, this thing of faith. You know, God doesn't tell us to check your brain at the door. When you come to church, to have faith, you've got to put your brain someplace else. To have faith, you've got to have understanding. You've got to have a place of allowing the Word of God to touch your life in such a way that you are, that you are making a choice between right and wrong. And you're asking God to give you the, the spiritual awareness of what is right and wrong. You're asking God to give you the, the help and the power and the strength to become what is, and do what is right before Him. Because we can't do this on our own. You can't get to heaven. <laughs> Brad used to say, can't get, the, can't get to heaven in pastor's red truck or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can't get to heaven in, in a little row, rowboat or something, you know. And you can't get to heaven in a red truck. You know, you just can't get there on your own. God is the one who does this. He says, I will make. He says, I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible. Huh? Everything is possible to those who believe. And God would not put the desire in front of us if he didn't have the ability to make it happen. So the God-sized prayers are things that are so far out in your abilities and your comprehension, and God is going to help you get there, to go in that direction. He may change it down the road somewhere, but you're going in that direction. And I will tell you, he says, for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. What are the commands of God? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. So don't get too carried away with who you are, but get carried away of how you can help someone else. But get, get to where they need to be. You'll once again live in the land I gave you, gave your ancestors. You'll be my people and I'll be your God. <laughs> I will be your God and you will be my people. We are sons and daughters of God, joint heirs with Christ. We have his image, his likeness. We have his spirit. We have his word. And he wants to be our God. God says, come, I, I want you to be my child. <laughs> I, want to, I want to bestow blessings on you. I want to open doors for you. I want, to take, I want you to become the person that I created you to be. I want you to find fulfillment. And I want you to have the greatest blessings that I can possibly bestow upon you. And it doesn't mean that we get, we get and gain all the wealth of the world. No that we have the understanding that where we are at is a place that is blessed by God and he's going to bless that place so that we will bless others and so that we will continue to grow and that our life will continue to help and, and, and bring God's great and God's goodness and love to other people. We are here to serve. And in my work of service, I find God helping me help them. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what? He will direct your life, your path. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will be there.
to help you take your next step. Shall we stand? Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, God, for giving your word to us that you will give a new heart and you will put a new spirit within us. You'll remove from us our heart of stone and you will give us a heart of flesh, one that is made by your hand, breathed upon by your spirit, that is able to touch the hearts of others because we have the touch of God on our lives. So God, bless this day and bless your word to our lives. Bless this week. We acknowledge, Lord, that we need you. We acknowledge, Lord, that you are guiding us. We acknowledge, Lord, that you will prepare for us a way, a direction. You will guide us. God, we just thank you. This is, will be a fruit-filled week and that we will see your hand even more greatly in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? So be it, Lord. And next week, we'll come back and talk about it. <laughs> Amen.